0: Hi, guys, and welcome back. Grant, it's episode 99. And we have a-
1: that's one away from 100, and that's
0: 99 away from zero. Yup. <laughs> All right, let's get started. We got Pistons today. Tomorrow, we're doing a draft special on that, so more today focusing on the free agent market, trade market, trade proposals for draft night, etc. Also, we're going to move into Michigan football recruiting. Jim Harbaugh is on a tear. And if you're a Michigan State fan, you have to admit it. He's doing a hell of a job recruiting right now. On top of that, we're going to talk a little bit about the Tigers. They picked up a 6-4 win last night against a pitcher who's now 0-15 on the season as a starter. Not in his actual start, but every game has started, they've lost 15 games, Lyles. And then we're going to move into Chase Young Lions talk. So let's just get rolling. Draymond Green's a free agent something I didn't really expect. I I would think he goes back to Golden State. But my absolute dream is to bring him to Detroit because everywhere he goes, he makes you substantially better. He was a winner in high school at Saginaw. He's a winner in, at the college level going to a Final Four at Michigan State. And we all know what he's done in the NBA. He's a champion. It seems like every other year. Draymond Green is the biggest winner in the NBA. And if you want to build a championship culture in Detroit, if you want to start turning this around a little bit, that's the guy you bring in. Kenny, let me
1: stop you right there, okay? Only because it's the dog days of summer right now. Hockey is done. Basketball is done. We are still – football is still a football field's length away. That is the only reason I will let you dream – And it's the only reason I will tolerate any Draymond Green discussion to the Pistons. Because you know what, Kenny? You had it in the first sentence. He's probably going back to Golden State. I would say my guess is 99% chance he's going back to Golden State. So that's where... I'm going to let you continue, but knowing that this is only because there's nothing else going on in sports. I agree. I said in the beginning, I said he's going back. If this was was near a trade deadline, if this was to acquire Draymond Green during the season, then we could talk about it with more legitimacy.
0: There's other fish in the sea is what I'd say. I agree. Some other fish in the sea that I'm looking at, the first big one is a Zion trade. I know that they're looking to move up to Portland. So obviously that offers substantially better because I I feel like if at the five pick, you're not getting like this instant impact star, right? I think Miller's a bust. I've said it on here multiple times. He's the boomer bust of this draft, right? Either this guy's going to be an absolute superstar, Kevin Durant good, or this guy's going to be an absolute bum and he's going to suck. And there's going to be zero in between with Brandon Miller. We know what Scoot's going to be. We know what Wemby's going to be. But the drop-off from three to four is pretty massive. And if you're the Pelicans and you're looking to maximize your offer for Zion, I'm looking to move them to Portland. But I'm looking at the Pistons right now, and they don't really want a whole lot for Zion. And if there's any opportunity, you take it. Well, that's in this potential
1: Brian Windhorst trade, correct, which was pick five, Boyan. And what else to acquire Zion?
0: I I didn't even read the trade, but I'll tell you my my proposal on the table. Can I tell you? Yes. Stew five and Boyan for Zion.
1: Maybe. Oh no, that was <laughs> the third component of Brian Windhorst's trade. It was Stew,
0: so, Boyan,
1: okay. and pick five for Zion, and I think something else, maybe cash consideration. I don't even know. Probably wouldn't even be
0: that. They have all those protections from that Sadiq uh, Bay trade. So we don't have a pick. Twenty twenty eight, we can't trade a first round pick until that pick goes away to um uh, the Knicks. Until the protections are off the table, we can't move a pick until twenty twenty eight. So we're so kind of strapped. Just to... a... I don't think you have to move a pick now just because you can't move picks later, though. So. so that's okay. not. But I think they're they're gonna want two firsts for Zion because he's still young. He's top 25 player in the league. When he's healthy. I don't team. think anyone's offering to first. That's ridiculous. A no one's going to 29 offer. pick swap. Swap worse, we get the worst of the two. Would you not pick swap in 2029 because I think you're still holding on you're still holding on to your pick that you're you're just moving down in the draft.
1: Penny, I'm if you ask for my opinion, I'm all in on Zion Williamson. I think you have to do pretty much Whatever it costs without setting your team back and completely messing up the trajectory of this rebuild, but Zion Williamson is a potential superstar. I think when healthy, he could affect this team and propel this team into a playoff team. You need to have a guy in this league. Zion Williamson's a guy. I would give Boyan, give Marvin Bagley. I would probably somewhat regrettably give up isaiah stewart give the number five pick i don't the only person i want at five is cam whitmore possibly i don't care for the thompsons i don't you know what i mean i don't want them to trade back for anyone necessarily unload to get zion we need a rebrand we have this new we got a new coach we got Hopefully Cade Cunningham's going to be coming back looking like a new player. He looks – he's going to be the same height, but he looks like he's gained probably 15 pounds in muscle. Let's, let's be the bad boys of muscle. That's why the only reason I want to keep Isaiah Stewart. But Zion, I would love to see Zion of Pistons jersey, and
0: I would love to see it happen by Thursday. So, okay, here's the one thing I'm going to say. There's – when there's rumors – Nothing happens with Weaver. He doesn't make those trades. So you gotta just remember that. Right now, there there are a lot of rumors about Zion. But no one's.
1: There's a lot of rumors about Zion. Are you saying Weaver's not going to touch Zion because there's rumors about him, or there when there's? I get what you're getting at. When there's when, when there's rumors, when there's never been there's never been smoke and fire with Troy Weaver. He's always operated in kind of a sneakily fashion. Right. held like, his cards closely. But no one is really talking about Zion to the Pistons, except Brian Windhorst who mentioned that once. You're right. Everyone's talking about him to Portland. That's
0: true. I, I just feel like that's the type of player and a free agent that puts you, not even just like at a 7-8 seed next year. Like that propels you to like a 6-5 seed. You know what I mean? Like a guy like Zion and a free agent like Kuzma probably puts you right there maybe or you sign miles bridges which i don't think the guy should play again but we all know he will so maybe a guy like mb and zion to fill in the two wings but i'm just looking at the pistons roster right now and i'm like if you can bring in zion that propels you from from 17 wins to, was it 17 or 18
1: that prop- uh, seventeen wins this
0: year. So that propels you from seventeen wins to a five hundred ball club. And Kenny, I to be honest with you,
1: I don't wish to see them to acquire another guard. I think no. we are so, and honestly, not another not another center either. No. I think there's such an oversaturation at those positions. I want to see Jay Nivey to continue to progress. I want to give Killian Hayes his final chance. Killian, you get if you acquire another guard, I think it's pretty much just saying you're giving up on the, your last chance on Killian Hayes. And that was a, a top ten pick just a few years over years ago. I think I don't want a guard. Acquire, I guess maybe like you said, maybe Kuzma's a good fit. He's Kuzma's not a center and he's not a point guard. So I think ideally, though, the Pistons try to acquire Zion Williamson and you need to get another veteran in the locker room. Roddy Magruder great. I need someone with more playoff experience. Someone in the case that when it comes down to the home stretch and we need five wins to maybe secure
0: a sixth seed, I want someone who's done it before. So you know who a guy I'd actually take a look at? I think he'd be relatively cheap considering what he just did with the Kings in the postseason. Harrison Barnes has a chip with the Warriors. He was he was a solid piece of that team. He wasn't like the best player, but he fills his role perfectly. That's the type of guy that I would take a hard look at if I'm the Pistons like this guy has a chip. This guy played on a 73 and nine Warriors team and was a major factor of that. So I know he's Brandy older guy, now,
1: but I like. I know,
0: guy. I know he's older now, and I know he's not the same player as he, as he was with Golden State. But bringing that presence to the locker room, bringing what winners, do you have to pay Harrison Barnes though? You think you're does gonna have still, to? Does he still get the big seventeen million dollar contracts like he used to get? Yeah, but uh, I'm thinking you give him one over twelve years. With a player option second year.
1: Ah, oh, see, I don't want to overpay. But that's I don't not want to an overpay. overpay. If
0: Bagley's getting thirteen. He's better than Bagley. No, that's overpay. We overpaid Bagley. I agree. Bagley's been overpaid. I always said that, and nobody ever listened to me until the season. So
1: started. I don't want to. I know I didn't think so at the time being. And but, but like, Grant, Grant, you know, Grant, it might not be too late for Marvin Bagley too. He had a. He was strong at the end of the season. He had a couple
0: 20 and twenty games. But Grant. What is a one year, $12 million contract going to do when you're not playing for titles right now? Doesn't matter. You're just throwing the contracts off the books next year. You're throwing Harrison Barnes a one year deal. Doesn't really matter.
1: You're not there is the the cap space.
0: Yes, yes, there is the cap space.
1: Yes, you have to use the cap space. I agree. I hope and I trust Troy Weaver is going to do that. Even if it's just some guys that fill the jerseys for a couple of years or maybe one year, two year. I don't even know. I don't even know, but get Zion and get Harrison Barnes and let's try to make the playoffs.
0: So I want to hear what I think this offseason should kind of be like. I think you got to throw either trade for a max player or sign a max player, right? That's my first thing I'm doing. If I'm the Pistons, I'm getting a max player in there that is proven in this league already, not Cam Johnson. I know a lot of us are like, we want Cam Johnson. You're going to have to overpay for him. Because the nets are going to match whatever we offer, right? So you're going to have to overpay him for over 110, something ridiculous that I think would be a stupid move and would set us backwards. Because the reality is, if you offer Cam Johnson four over 80, four for 75, like I think his price tag is, the nets are going to match that. You're going to have. I'm see- not crazy about Cam Johnson. I'm not I'm crazy not- about him either. I'm, it's I think if
1: there's a connection to Monty Williams, they were both in Phoenix together, That's that doesn't do it for me. I'm not like, yeah, let's just go give this guy the half the bank. No.
0: But my, my thing is, you give a guy a max, you get a winner in the locker room. Teddy, there's not many max
1: uh, players available. I agree. Zion so you, Williamson is up for grabs, and that's why Zion should be the focus. Jalen Brown should be another focus. I think, but you know what, the Celtics, I don't think if no one has come out directly and said, this has been just a lot of NBA Twitters, like, okay, uh, Jalen Brown needs to start over. He needs to be out of Boston. I don't think Jalen Brown is available. I think Bradley Beal was available off the market now. And it seems like Dame Dame is staying in Portland. He's staying in Portland, so... I think your big names who aren't r- 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 unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, they're not there. They're, these guys are not. Uh, Paul George is maybe another one, but he's talking about old. I'm not touching Paul George. I'm touching yeah.
0: a guy under the age of 25. That's proven already. And I'm bringing in one winner in the locker. One guy that has a ring. Whether he gets minutes or not, doesn't matter to me. You know what about he- a- Even though this is... Absolutely, not. absolutely. That I'm not touching, you know, though he's going to be a max player, probably. He's Andre Drummond. Okay, so at least we can rule him off. I would never touch him when you have Jalen Duran, who I personally believe will be the best out of the three of them by the end of this rebuild. I've always said, Duran. after those first like five games of the season with Duran, like this kid's the real deal. Because think about this way with Duran, you had no skill. Nothing was developed with him this year, right? He was just coming in, playing off athleticism, and he was more athletic than everybody in the NBA at 18 years old. He's the youngest player in the league, and I would make the argument he's a top five most athletic player in the league right now. Here's the thing: he's, he's an exciting player to watch. I've he's exciting. Him. Now, here here's the thing: here's the thing. You have a whole off season of developing a mid range jump shot, which he shot a few in the season, made a few. You have a whole off season to get his touch around the rim better. You have a whole offseason to get him better defensively. There's and a whole
1: offseason as well. Of Did you see Amani Bates? I the lob to him. It, they did a little summer workout. I want him. You want Amani Bates? Absolutely. I, do, I know. Second round pick, why not? He's nothing to lose. It's like, okay. I know. I think second round pick, I think it's got to be seriously considered too. And maybe this is just our the fandom speaking and maybe I don't know how logistically how much it does make sense because he does not he looks like NBA scoring ready level ready Mm -hmm. defensively he I just can't imagine
0: he's prepared so so you want to hear what I think he's going to be Gilbert Arenas guy who has issues off the court falls in the second round very talented kid Three falls in the draft because he's an idiot. He'll end up being perfectly fine in the NBA. I think Imani Bates, if he
1: stays out of trouble. Well, I don't know if Gilbert Arenas was perfectly fine in the NBA. He brought the gun.
0: I mean, he was when he was playing, he was averaging 22, 23 a night. Am I wrong? I mean, oh, he was, no, no. he's a good player. That's what I'm player. saying. He's a guy with character issues that's going to fall the second. He's round. awesome. That's absolutely awesome. – Yeah. He So, like, Gilbert Arenas slipped and he was probably a top 15 player talent-wise in that draft. I'm going to make the argument that Amani is still top 15 most talented player in this draft. He was just never developed correctly. Because Memphis doesn't, doesn't know how to develop players. Penny's been terrible at it from the beginning. And then on top of that, you go to Eastern Michigan. What is he supposed to like be developed with at Eastern? You know what I mean? Like, I just kind of feel like the development has been terrible. He started his own high school with his dad. I mean, the development has been a joke the entire way. But I feel like if you have the right training staff, you have the right vets, you have the right people around in his circle, this guy will end up being perfectly fine in the NBA. And I think he'll be a very damn good player. If he was the Wenbin before Wenbin Yeah.
1: He'll be like, fine. He was the biggest high school prospect not going into the draft. I guess that's where Wenbin Yana kind of caught. his. But no, he's been around also the anticipation of both of them was so high. And then one, yeah, one is obviously going to be the first overall pick in this draft and the other is going to be teetering between anywhere. Who knows? Probably outside of the top 25 picks. I I, I disagree. I I have a
0: feeling that a team, let's just say you're the warriors. Okay. Okay. You have nothing to lose drafting the kid. Am I wrong? Teams are uh, gonna... I think that's definitely wrong. I think you oh, I guess you don't have to keep him on the team. Right, because you already said a contender like Boston, a contender like like maybe Milwaukee, a contender is gonna look at him and they're gonna say, We have nothing to lose drafting this kid. We are already contending for championships. This guy has a high ceiling. And this guy, if he pans out to be as good as he was hyped up to be in high school, that's the guy that makes us a dynasty. Or this is a guy that brings us multiple championships. And this is a guy that puts you over the top. I feel like if you're a team that is already contending, somebody is going to roll the dice on him. I don't know who that's going to be. I think he's still a first-round pick. That's my my take going into this draft. Amani Bates is a first-round pick. Because the team's going to look at him and they're going to be like, we have nothing to lose drafting him. Because his upside's so high. Now his floor is probably the lowest floor in this entire draft. I don't think that's a really an understatement. But some team's going to look at that ceiling and be like, damn, if we get him and we develop him correctly, he's going to be a very good NBA player. And that's a guy that's a young player on a veteran aging team like the Warriors. Like can you imagine if the Warriors, if Amani pans out, right? Curry's gonna retire in the next five and years. And hands the torch off to Amani Bates. They they hand the torch off to Jordan Poole and Amani Bates. That would be ridiculous. I'm I will put uh, my
1: life savings that, that doesn't happen. I'm just saying I think the kid will be a good NBA player. Like I you think be a big... I, I hope so, because you know what? I will be able to say I've seen that when he was 15 years old win an NBA State cha- – or not NBA, excuse me. A high school goodness. state championship. But regardless, I would like him on the Pistons. I would, I would too, but I don't think he's going to be there. I just don't think he's going to be there. You know who's been there and who's been there good? And they've True. been there hot. And don't let them get hot, Kenny. Don't. Don't let him get hot. No, don't let them get hot. It's four games. We're four games back what you gonna do don't look.
0: don't look now ah it's tough because it's not like this team is like substantially talented they have no talent and I'm at the point where well, do they you know what Kenny that's not nuanced
1: enough let's I pride this sh- watching this show being a part of this show this show is filled with nuance filled with introspection ex- Look, introspection. I think McKinstry, I think McKinstry's talented I mean, is pick- there just not developed talent? Is there talent that...
0: Spencer yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I agree. Is, but the ra- talent- he's
1: 1-1. Round one, pick one. So he's got to be talented. Is it not developed? I see Kelly Carpenter go yard. Right. Vierling has gone yard twice. That's a guy. That, see, I was just about to bring that up. Vierling- he gets
0: on base. These, there is something here. There, there, there is, is a little bit. There's a little bit, but there's like... You don't have that superstar that's gonna get you into the postseason. So, like if I'm the tigers right now, I'm looking at our lineup, right? You have a hole at second base, which because you know McKinstry will go between second and third. So you have a hole at one of those two positions. Mayton is terrible, he needs to be sent to triple A.
1: I agree. I'm done. I'm done with Mayton. Zach Short also has been getting on base.
0: Zach Short's been getting on base. Look, Fueling McKinstry. I, Lang's not has been as great lately. I think he's going to be a great closer one day. Um, Foley, young player, looking decent. The, some of these guys are looking decent. The developmental staff is clearly better than it was last year because the Tigers are hitting the ball. They're not hitting the ball well. But you remember last year, I mean, they couldn't score. There is a lot ball. of hard contact guys, though. Porkson's coming around the last couple of
1: years. And of is his hard contact. I'm not a big fan of him. I think that guy's
0: hitting hard contact. I agree. has been hitting hard contact. It's getting hot outside, which means these guys are going to hit harder. And I think right now the team is a joke when you're, when you're batting Miggy and scope back to back, it's a joke. I think that right now, if you're Scott Harris, you're not selling off completely at deadline. You're not buying either. Right, you're getting pieces for the future. Right, like you're getting a starting second baseman, a guy that can just replace Scope. You you move McKinstry to third, you make McKinstry your third baseman of the future, or or you move him the right field. You just do whatever you want to keep him in the lineup. Right. So my way of looking at it is, you get a second baseman. N- nothing special. A guy is going to bat 250, get you on base, and hopefully you can get two guys that bring him home. Am I wrong? So my my thing is you bring in a second baseman, you bring in another arm in the rotation, and you bring in another bullpen piece. Guys that are going to be here in 4 years. Not guys that are going to be here in I'm th- not going to be here in 3 months. You know what I mean? I'm looking at the Tigers right now and I'm filling in gaps for the future. I'm not going out and spending like crazy. That's what I'm doing in the offseason when I get Mize back, when I get Bowl back, when I get Manning completely healthy. What? Yes, I agree with all those things.
1: But what happens if we win now? What happens? What do you do? Like, what if, what if we're by the end of June, one game back or tied with the Royals? I mean, excuse me, with the Twins. See, that's tough. What do you, what do, you do? Because I agree, at deadline, I don't think Scott Harris should be buying or should be selling big. Should I can just plug the holes, like you said. You are not wrong. That's not, that to me is the obvious answer. But if we just start winning for God knows why,
0: what do you do then? So, first off, I still think you need to build for the next four years, not the next four months. I know fans are going to hate this take. I know a lot of people are going to hate this take. But I feel like when we play good teams, we don't play really good baseball unless we're playing a stud pitcher. We only hit the studs. It's It kind of feels like this year. I feel like you get into the postseason, you're getting swept. What's the point? You're not going to the World Series. You're not going to the ALCS. You're probably not making it to the ALDS. So if I'm the Tigers right now, you're building for the next four years, not the next four months. So I'm at the place where regardless if you're winning, regardless if you're losing, You've shown when you're healthy, relatively healthy, because you remember my and schoolball and all of them still haven't even played this year. When you're relatively healthy, you're a relatively decent baseball team. And I think any fan can recognize that. like when they until green went down, I mean they looked like a pretty damn good baseball team for a good four or five weeks. And right now, you know they're hurt. they are not hitting the ball. well, they hit the ball last night, but they haven't been hitting. they've actually been hitting the ball better lately. They made the ball better, but the pitching's starting to fall apart like I knew was going to happen because you're – No, it did not necessarily, though. Lang has not been pitching as well. Lang hasn't been – Reese Olsen is getting hit more than he's been getting hit. Reese Olsen, yeah, he's getting hit, but he had eight strikeouts. I agree. But no, 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 no. But listen, just listen. I think that we've been putting scraps on the mound, a lot of just scraps, and at some point the scraps fall apart. And right now what's you're starting
1: Well, what's up with these bullpen days? When when since when did baseball start doing this?
0: Everybody does it now. It's terrible. I know.
1: It's kind of crazy. Like
0: I can't even I mean it, it it appears to be working though. Yeah. Look, I'm I'm at the place where you're just plugging holes. You're plugging holes, you're plugging holes. Now, now I'm looking at Erod and I'm like, you know, he has that opt-out, obviously. He's going to come back in the next week or two because it wasn't supposed to be a long DL stint. It was supposed to be like 10 days. And I guess it's going a little longer. I think he needs what to. If re- he's- what? What if he's missing? Knock on wood, he's not.
1: <laughs> what if he's just like, they like, oh, we don't know where he's at. I mean, there's a
0: possibility. On, but now we don't know where he is. Here's the thing. I, I think you got to flip Erod rod for MLB ready players or AAA guys that will be up next year to start the season. I'm at the place right now where you can get these Scott Harris returns and he got his first trade. He made, he got Scott a nice return for Veer, for Soto got beerling. He got, you got, got Mayton who I don't like, but he might come around in a couple of years and he's got Justin Henry, Malloy, who will probably be up by the end of the season. He got a nice return for Soto. I'm pretty confident with him coming at deadline I'm starting to see this little vision he has, right? The vision he's had is we're gonna get guys that are gonna control the strike zone, right? And we've been looking at the signings. Now, granted, Matt Boyd's been terrible. I hate Matt Boyd. Didn't like him the first time. Don't like him now. Never will like him. But besides that, Lorenzen controls the zone very well. See that? That's something that we were not doing last year. We were controlling the zone like shit. You had guys like Soto throwing over guys' heads. I mean, no was- yeah, yeah, no control. It was- it was- the a lot of these pitchers have a lot of control this year comparatively to previous years. On but top, yeah, because, it's a bad boy he credit to
1: Matt Boyd, too. He's starting a lot of counts off 0-2. like he's. Yeah. I think people are buying into the system. People are realizing, okay, this is the game plan. We need to either fall in line or odds are hopefully it gets shipped out. And that's where the one person who is not falling in line – who still chases out pitches outside the zone? Who's still all over the place? Who can't figure it out? Javier Baez. Javier Baez. I'm, your bias. I'm, your bias. I'm the, it's I don't care if this is the type of player he is. Oh, that's what you get. Oh, he's gonna have big swings and misses. He'll hit some bombs sometimes. He's not hitting enough bombs. I understand how you just don't tell him. Just don't like what can there be some consequence? Like if balls that are going more than one foot offside outside the plate, there should be a fine given to Javier Baez. I'm just oh, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. It's it's
0: mind-boggling. It's aggravating, and he's not buying in. He's not. I think he's terrible for these young players. He's the epitome of like what a Detroit athlete shouldn't be. Am I wrong? I, I don't think he says, yeah, you know, he just, not any athlete. I don't, I don't even care.
1: Get him out of baseball. I don't even, no, honestly, no, no. Put him on, put him on another team in our division so we can whack on him each year.
0: Yeah. Dude, he's terrible. I mean, it just looks like he doesn't try. And that's what pisses me off. It's like, you no, know, it's like, it's just buying to the system. It'd be, it'd be, if he could
1: try to show some restraint. Or is he just so dumb, he can't tell a
0: slider from a fastball? That's what I don't understand. I mean, it's getting to the point where I think most fans have given up on this completely. Like, I think that I was pretty early to, like, the I hate Javier Bias train because I just don't like his attitude. I don't like the way he carries himself. I don't like the way he plays. He He's exactly, like, what every athlete... In this locker room, should aspire not to be. All these young players should aspire not to be like Javier Bias. I think he's doing more damage to this team than he is helping. And if I'm Scott Harris, am I getting to the point? And this is my question for you. End of the season, do you just cut your ties and eat that contract? Because no. obviously, no. You, you don't. No,
1: no, that's letting him win. No, absolutely not. No. I don't. I don't want that either. I don't want. I don't. Has he ever been to Toledo? Can he? Can we get him?
0: Let's see if there's you any. You can go because you have to DFA him, and then somebody would probably pick him off waivers, so, and then okay. you're getting off. So yeah, okay. Yep. So I don't know. It's I
1: guess – As much as it bothers me, I'm sure it is bothering the Illiches much more, and this is a well-deserved punishment for them. As much as I've become to, not to say I despise Miguel Cabrera, but despi- despise Miguel Cabrera's essence on this team, I also realize it hurts. It's hurting um, the Illich's, Chris Illich, a lot more than it's hurting me. Having to pay these guys as they fly up from city to city and they only play every other game or only get on base every other game. Hurts them more than it hurts me, probably. So, you, That's,
0: make, I, you always knew it was going to end this way. You always knew it. Did I think it was going to end this bad? No. It didn't have, It didn't end this way with other ones. Pools, it didn't
1: end this way. Uh, David Ortiz, it didn't end this way. Uh, there's a lot of guys who played into their 30s, late 30s. I think David Ortiz played until 41. They, they didn't have this dramatic drop-off. Miguel Cabrera also does not care. He is not bought I, I
0: disagree. I think he's just always he's been hurt. And I think this is take you know, as an athlete, like you are on body love, right treat you your body right, you don't care. Grant, grant you're a professional grant. athlete. Grant, listen. Treat your body right. If you're Miggy, you were the best player in the world for probably four years in a row. Hell yeah. Undisputably. Like it wasn't even the beat. You knew Miggy was the best player in the league every year for about four or five years. Best and he got hurt. Then he got hurt and hurt again and hurt again and hurt again. Do you really think, like, in his head, he really wants to be playing right now, or do you think it's just because it's got to take it's definitely taking a toll on him? I mean, a guy that was batting 320 320 with 40 jacks and 120 RBIs goes to being this hitter at 150 one jack. I, I agree, it would suck from going hero
1: to zero. But he doesn't have to be at zero. He can go from hero to, like, 50. It doesn't have to be that. I'm not buying into this sob story for Miguel Cabrera. I don't feel bad for Miguel Cabrera because he's not the uh, Triple Crown winner anymore. Just get on base, dude. Just get on base. Get on base. Honestly, no, don't even get on base. If he didn't hit that one home run last week, Oh man, I, I'd actually be a lot more mad. Get the ball out into the stands. You got the heat. If you're going to be that fat, use that fucking momentum and send that ball into the third or eighth, ninth, tenth row. Okay. If you can't treat your body right during the offseason or during the regular season, of course you're going to get injured. Of course you're not going to be the Triple Crown winner anymore.
0: Yeah. I, I, I see where you're coming from but I want to move into this Michigan football. Look, I'm getting very annoyed with this. Tim Harbaugh is recruiting his ass off. He got another four star yesterday, got four star edge, Devin Baxter. And now you see Elias Rudolph uh, cancel his visit at Ohio state. He's an Ohio kid. Rumor is this four star edge rusher is going to also come to Michigan. I mean, he's on fire. J.A. Daniels performed really well at elite 11. Granted, that doesn't mean anything in my opinion. We've seen a lot of elite alive in quarterbacks bust. Now I'm not saying Jane Daniels is a boss. I'm just saying he looked really good. He played well in the lead 11. He, he was probably the best quarterback there. And that, that's something Michigan fans need to be excited about, right? You got your replacement after JJ with him. He's I rep- think the Jim Harbaugh is definitely rolling
1: right now. and they got, Michigan fans got a lot to be excited about. But I think on a bigger spectrum with college football – Every few years or so, there is a shift in popularity where guys are committing, where guys are visiting, where people are watching. And there does seem to be kind of a popularity shift where, after Ohio State having a down year, after Alabama not making the football, the college football playoff, there does seem to be this trend. This momentum shifting towards Michigan. Yes, and I know as a Michigan State fan, Kenny, I can't
0: imagine you're thrilled. No, I'm not. And look, I you see that NIL money starting to pour in there too. Quorum's getting a million. JJ's getting over a million. Like these guys are getting paid now there too, which was something I was always afraid about, that they would start getting the NIL checks and then these guys were going to start getting paid. Look, Michigan this upcoming season, if you don't win the Big Ten – it's a failure. It's an absolute failure. You have the two best running backs in the Big Ten, a top, I'd say 20-pick quarterback, because he, he he will be. You have stud receivers. You have the best O-line year in and year out. If there's something that Harbaugh, I got to give it to him. From the second he's walked into Michigan till now that he's kept consistently good, it's his lines on both sides. He's always had really good lines. And you'll see it again. Michigan's defense, you, you got probably one of the best players returning in the nation, Will Johnson. You have stud lines, you have stud linebackers. And if you're Michigan football, all you got to do is run through Ohio State. And this is a weaker Ohio State team than recent years. The quarterback situation isn't as pretty as it was. You know, you, You've gone from C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields. You go down the list of quarterbacks they had, they've all been pretty damn good. This year is more of a question mark at quarterback than ever before at Ohio State. And I think there's not a lot of question marks with Michigan. Like, if I'm making the polls to start the season, my rankings would probably be Georgia at one, and I'd probably be Michigan, Michigan, at, two. Michigan at two.
1: Those Got are the to. two teams in the nation
0: with the least amount of question marks, in my opinion. Those are, And it's that will be the locks,
1: one and two. I think, looking back, Michigan and TCU –
0: that will have be that will be forgotten in the past. Because oh, easily. Be, I mean, that's in the. Re- I think I think most people have forgotten about that game already. I
1: and it's wild to think so because Michigan should have been in that national championship game against Georgia, and it probably should be happening
0: again this year. And honestly, you want to hear my take of the year? You're going to laugh at this. So you know how Michigan has to get their thousandth win this year. They're 11 wins away. Want to hear my take? Did you see their final three games? No. So Michigan flies through. They don't play. It's all cupcake games until the final three weeks. They go at Penn State. Then they go at Maryland. And then they got Ohio State. They're going to lose that Maryland game. They're going to come off an emotional win against Penn State. They're going to be looking ahead to Ohio State. Keep in mind, they're still going to make the playoffs one loss because if you win the Big Ten, you're in right? They're going to lose that Maryland game because they're going to be looking ahead. It's the trappiest game of all time. You have a seven, eight win Maryland team going up against Michigan, who's already looking at Ohio state. Like we're going to win the big 10 against Ohio state. going to line up that Michigan beats Ohio state, Michigan gets their 1000th win against Ohio state. It's all going to line up that way. Just watch. I'm telling you right now, Michigan goes 11 and one with a trap loss to Maryland. The end of the playoffs is probably a three seed or a two seed. And they'll get the brakes blown off by Georgia because nobody's close to Georgia. I don't think there's a single team in college football that I comfortably say can beat Georgia. Bama has question marks. Ohio State has question marks. Every team has a lot of question marks this year. And the only team that I think that can even compete, and I don't even think they're going to be competitive comes the fourth quarter, is Michigan defensively. They're unreal you got 11 NFL players every year coming out of there. So that's just the way I look at it. Nobody's as deep. Nobody's as talented as Georgia. And Georgia's the new Bama, to be honest with you. Yeah, this
1: year that's a shift. I'm feeling this. Sh- that's what I'm sensing the shift. I'm,
0: mm-hmm. Bama, to Georgia, Michigan is new Ohio State. Yeah. Well, you're seeing the shift. Bama's going to toss it to Georgia. Maybe Texas, if Texas... You know, that's another team with a lot of question marks up in the air, right? You go from Quinn Ewers to Arch Manning. Arch Manning's now in the SEC. You know, Arch Manning is under the lights next year every single game. Texas could be back, but, I mean, this is it for Sark. His seat is flaming. If they can't make something happen with Ewers this year, you know, you're, you're looking at Texas and you're like, well, they're never going to be competitive again. Oklahoma moving to the SEC as a two-win team every year because Lincoln Riley completely set them back six years. So I'm looking at Oklahoma. I'm like, they're not going to be relevant anymore. The shift's happening. This is the first shift we've seen in about 10 to 15 years of teams that are coming out of nowhere, right? Georgia. Remember, when Kirby Smart took over, they were stuck in purgatory. Remember, they were like a 9-10 win team. They were kind of just stuck in purgatory. But I really like what Georgia's doing right now. And I think, I really like what Michigan's doing right now. I'm really keeping my eyes close on Michigan because I think all eyes are on them. But here we I are. Mean, Lions. Chase Young rumors a little bit here and there. I'm not really on the Chase Young train. Now, granted, him and Hodge could be the most deadly edge rushing in the league, but I'm kind of at the train where I think it's James Houston. And I'm kind of bought all in on him. I'm not really going to pay Chase Young. If I'm going to pay somebody, I'm paying D-Hop. The way I look at it is, okay, you got to roll out the guys you have right now on defense. I think you got 11 studs on D, something you didn't have last year. Number, they went out there this offseason and spent like crazy on that defense. And I truly think they will have a top 10 D this year, whether they get Chase Young or not, and a top five offense. And they will probably be a two or a three seed in the postseason. That's my prediction for the Lions right now. That I just feel like defensively they're they're so much better. They're so much better. My pick, Ten, seven, and one in a playoff win. See, if they win a playoff game, I'll be the first person climbing the poles on Woodward. <laughs> they better not grease that shit. What if that no those are my guarantees? At least 10,
1: 7, and at least one tie. There will be at least one tie. Ten, six, and one then. Oh, oh you're right. I'm sorry. Ten, six, and one. So there'll be ten wins are better. Six losses are worse. Or six losses are better. And there'll be at least one tie.
0: We'll see. I, I think the season's gonna be fun. I think this is the most optimism we've seen in Detroit in a very, very, very long time. We haven't had optimism like this here. And I just feel that like, this is a lot different than normal. We have dogs on defense. We have dogs on our line. We have a dog uh, secondary. Think about it right now. I put this roster over the Sue Calvin roster. I put this roster or any golden Tate roster we had. This roster that we have is deep, they have talent, and I honestly think they have the coaching, they have the coordinators, they have the front office, and people are, are, are starting to cling on the Sheila. I think we might have the owner now, too. Everything's falling in place right now with the Lions. Now you got to go out there and perform because you have everything now. You look like a formidable football club that's ready to compete for titles. Am I wrong?
1: No, I agree. They, they're they looking ready, and I want, I want to, like, consume and digest it now. So that's why I was kind of – so I was hoping they'd be on Hard Knocks again. Me too. That would have been an awesome thing to have back-to-back years with the Detroit Lions on HBO's series Hard Knocks. Good little plug for them just in case they need the viewership. Um, but yes, that would have been fun, but I can't wait for that Thursday night football, and I can't wait for the first kickoff. That will be the longest day of the year, probably. Well ha- having to wait until eight thirty on a Thursday night for that game.
0: We're gonna win that game. We're gonna shock some people we no, I but don't. here's the thing. here's the thing, Grant. You win that game, you're expected to win seventeen games by the press, by not even just Detroit media but the national media, because everybody's watching the Lions. Like, it's the same thing with Michigan State football last year. I don't want to win it for that reason. I don't want to win it. I hope we lose. Winning big I games we towards high expectations. And I, I hope
1: th- we lose by one point. I hope we lose by a field goal that hits off the upright.
0: That's how I hope we lose. I hope we just win that game. I, I think that game's just like the momentum switching. Like, we're going to look back, look at it this way, Grant we win that game. We go on we win 12 games this year. Let's just say, okay. We're going to look back at that KC game in about four years when we're contending every year. Right. And we're going to be like, well, either that game or the green Bay game was the franchise changing game. If you win KC, those are franchise altering wins. I don't care that you're expected to win 17 games the rest of the year. I think that winning big games warrants high expectations. And you have to live up to it at that point. You play every game to win, Grant. Think about it this way: this team goes nine and eight, and they and they lose that KC game by one point, and they miss the playoffs by a game. We're looking back at that KC game like, oh shit, we should have won that game. Oh, okay. great. I don't think that's going to be. I uh, yeah I if that if the get if
1: we miss the playoffs by one game again like we did this year, then we don't deserve it. Then we shouldn't beat Kansas City because you know what? If we beat Kansas City week one, if we want to be the best team in the NFL, we'll have to play Kansas City again, again in the Super Bowl, that best case scenario. So it's hard to beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a team twice. I agree. And also, so yes, I'm being a little facetious saying, of course I hope the Lions win every game the whole season. I hope they go 17 and up. That'd be great. I hope they go 17-0 and then win every game in the playoff too. But I just don't want this team's head to get too big. I don't want the, the media coverage to hype them up too much. I don't want the expectation to be set up here so that we fall flat on our face down here.
0: Agreed. We'll see what happens. I think this team, everybody's watching. Michigan State let us down last year when everybody was watching Michigan State. But I think we're – I'm just waiting for kickoff right now. I'm so eager, man. Like, it's like, geez. Great. But thanks, great. Grant, for hopping on. Thanks for having me. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Harvey on an NBA draft special for the Pistons. So we'll talk about Fitz. I'll talk a little bit about some of the prospects. Cam Whitmore, Jairus Walker, Grady Dick, Taylor Hendricks. We're going to talk about all the prospects, also the Thompson Twins. We're going to go in depth with that tomorrow and we'll be back on Friday again with a draft recap. See you guys then.